Hello, and welcome to Your Guide to AI, a monthly deep dive into key developments in AI. I'm Nathan Benesh, general partner of Airstreet Capital, and I'll be walking you through this audio edition that covers the month of February 2021. This edition is organized into four chapters, AI and industry, research, resources, and startups. My goal is to get you up to speed in about five minutes per chapter, so let's get started. AI and industry, life and science. Reproducible clinical AI systems came to the fore as the Decide AI steering group proposed a new step that puts AI models through their paces before they enter large-scale clinical trials. This mirrors how drugs must complete a phase one or two trial or surgical innovations a stage 2A or 2B trial. Specifically, the intermediate testing step they propose is meant to evaluate how human doctors interact with an AI model in the clinic, which isn't always how the AI developer intended it. Human factors might come into play, such as needing additional variables to make sense of algorithmic recommendations, or perhaps tweaks to how the model integrates into the workflow. Around the same time, the FDA published an action plan that motivates the regulation of AI-based software as a medical device. Indeed, rigorous real-world testing is even more important because there's evidence that human doctors are susceptible to taking bad advice, whether it's from a human or from an AI. This was shown in an experiment that gave 250 radiologists eight classically difficult clinical cases to diagnose with six correct and two incorrect suggestions. They were from an AI system or a radiologist. The over-reliance effect is more pronounced for doctors with less training, which highlights that AI in healthcare is really not as simple as deploying a model with the best ROC curves. Another recurring topic in healthcare is data. There's a lot of discussion today about data using new privacy-preserving technologies that promise to unlock data silos. Progress appears to be slow, however. Is that because of bad data infrastructure or privacy or just general inertia among key players? Perhaps some answers could come from the Human Genome Project. This Herculean multi-center project to sequence and assemble the first human genome was committed to doing so in the open from the start. In 1996, researchers laid out the Bermuda Principles, in which all parties agreed to publish all human genome sequences in public databases within 24 hours without delay or exception. 20 years later, however, the situation is much less rosy. Quote, researchers tell tales of spending months or years tracking down data sets only to find dead ends or unusable files, and journal editors and funding agencies struggle to monitor whether scientists are sticking to their agreements. End of quote. It's telling that the problem of data standards, interoperability, and sharing still persists despite open source by design. In this project, data is stored in more than one place. Researchers tend to deposit the bare minimum to meet compliance requirements, and getting data out is just hard. There's no specific universal policy on format, database, or sharing policies. Much food for thought. Next, more news in clinical trial land. Following the first trial of an AI-designed therapeutic agent thanks to Exientia, we now have, I believe, the second trial of an AI-selected drug, this time thanks to benevolent AI. Ben2293, a novel topical multi-target drug, is designed to treat atopic dermatitis, a rather nasty and chronic inflammatory skin condition. In fact, a few of my PhD lab mates studied it. This drug's mechanism of action means that it can treat the inflammatory symptom as well as the itch. Fingers crossed that it works. Machine learning is also growing in relevance for energy and climate. In the U.S., the Solar Energy Technologies Office funding program announced $7.3 million for projects that focus on machine learning solutions that improve the affordability, reliability, and value of solar technologies on the U.S. grid. Next up, geopolitics of AI. In last month's newsletter, 
I wrote about the UK's new AI roadmap, a call to action and set of recommendations to make the UK the most compelling place to do AI in the world. The country is building on strong foundations in two areas that matter a ton, research and talent. While the roadmap does suggest doubling down on these two vectors, I was surprised to stumble across a report from the nonprofit Civitas, which is entitled Inadvertently Arming China, the Chinese Military Complex and its Potential Exploitation of Scientific Research at UK Universities. A key finding is that, quote, over half of the 24 Russell Group universities and many other UK academic bodies have or have had productive research relationships with Chinese military-linked manufacturers and universities. Much of the research at the university centers and laboratories is also being sponsored by the UK taxpayer through research councils, Innovate UK, and the Royal Society, end of quote. Furthermore, it turns out that almost 20% of high-impact research in STEM that's published from the UK is in collaboration with Chinese researchers. This exposes two problems. First, it tells a story that many of the best UK universities are selling their AI research to the highest international bidder. The report pulls out examples of labs or individuals, and sometimes an institute or two, that have accepted financial support from the Chinese government and military complex. While financial figures aren't quoted, I can't imagine that we're talking about colossal sums that couldn't otherwise be filled by domestic UK companies or government budgets. For instance, the UK Department of Defense received a $22 billion budget boost just last year. As a side note, selling to the highest bidder appears across the stack in the UK, from research through to public companies. Second, this report highlights the need for a holistic AI strategy that gets all key actors on the same page. UK universities are publicly funded institutions, so the government has a key role to play in ensuring that they are properly funded and not made reliant on dubious, controversial, or ultimately sanctioned funding sources that could represent more risks than gains to the country in the long term. There's of course a lot of precedent here that the Civitas report reopens. Adding more color to the China side of this debate is a report by CNAS on the myths and realities of China's military civil fusion strategy. Perhaps it is these challenges that motivate China to seek research in the UK. They write, quote, over the past 30 years, China's defense sector has been primarily dominated by sclerotic state-owned enterprises that remained walled off from the country's dynamic commercial economy. At its core, MCF is intended as a remedy to this problem. Still, only a small proportion of private companies have participated in defense projects, and enterprises that are developing technologies relevant to the military have found cutting through the red tape involved in procurement to be cumbersome, not unlike the frustrations of their American counterparts. End of quote. The UK also announced a new Advanced Research and Invention Agency with the goal of funding high-risk, high-reward scientific research to the tune of £800 million. At the moment, the agency is recruiting a leadership team, so its ability to deliver will highly depend on who ends up at the helm. Watch this space. Meanwhile, Huawei is contesting its ban in the United States, stating that the FCC's ruling is, quote, arbitrary, capricious, and not supported by substantial evidence, end of quote. More news on facial recognition. Virginia state approved limits on police use of facial recognition after a number of wrongful arrests finally pressured authorities to rethink their reliance on frail technology. Next, a new service called Exposing.ai was launched to show consumers how facial recognition technologies had been trained using millions of personal photographs from Flickr and SmugMug. For example, the Megaface dataset was created in 2015 by University of Washington researchers without the knowledge or consent of consumers. Next up, hardware. In the last issue, we discussed the shortage of semiconductors that was felt by the automotive industry 
in addition to big ticket plans for investing to create a European domestic semiconductor market. News emerged that the EU project could involve TSMC and Samsung. Indeed, Europe deprioritized semiconductor manufacturing in the last 20 years, and now insiders feel that the new initiatives are too little too late. Quote, if you think that you can actually replicate a well-oiled global supply chain within a very short time, it's simply not possible, end of quote, says ASML CEO. If Europe is to achieve technological sovereignty, especially in deep technology, it must absolutely pull out the stops to build advanced foundries in Europe as soon as possible. I believe the financing is available and willing, but the know-how is severely lacking. Meanwhile, in Taiwan, TSMC is hard at work building their latest fab facility to launch the three nanometer platform by second half 2022. The company is reportedly paying a 2x bonus to workers if they continue to work during the Lunar New Year because TSMC is adamant not to lose any time. Moreover, President Biden reaffirmed the U.S. rock-solid commitment to assisting Taiwan in maintaining a sufficient self-defense capability, while the U.S. continues to decouple from China. Relatedly, NVIDIA's ARM acquisition is attracting even more heat. This time, Qualcomm is said to have told regulators, including the U.S. FTC, the European Commission, the UK CMA, and China's SAMR, that they oppose the deal. Google, Microsoft, Graphcore also protest the deal. As a reminder, Ian and I predicted in the State of AI report 2020 that this deal would not be consummated. Meanwhile, NVIDIA's VP of Applied Deep Learning Research, Brian Catanzaro, said that it's entirely possible that, quote, in five years, a company could invest $1 billion in compute time to train a single large language model, end of quote. Industrial robotics are finally having their moment to shine. Stats in the U.S. show that companies ordered 64% more robots in Q4 2020 than in 12 months prior, lifting the annual total up by 3.5%. It wasn't the auto industry that generated this demand. Robot orders from food and consumer goods, life sciences, and rubber and plastics industries rose by 50% year on year. In autonomy land, Aurora entered into a long-term partnership with Toyota and Denso to develop and test their Aurora driver by the end of 2021. Meanwhile, Oxbotica completed an autonomous vehicle trial over 180 kilometers on a BP refinery through day and night fog, rain, sunshine, and operating around machinery on the refinery. Note that there are definitely no road signs and road marks here. Next, big tech. Baidu became the sixth company to receive a fully autonomous testing permit from the California DMV after Cruise, Waymo, Neuro, Zoox, and AutoX. The company received the first license to test fully autonomous vehicles on public roads in China last December. A historical anecdote from Cade Metz's new book, Genius Makers, which I describe as an end-to-end insider's account of 60 years of modern deep learning, shows that Baidu's AV project was championed by Qi Lu, who joined the company as COO in 2017 after he left Microsoft. In fact, Qi had wanted Microsoft to build an autonomous vehicle as a means of forcibly exploring state-of-the-art technology in domains outside of Microsoft's comfort zone so that it could compete in the deep learning race against Google, amongst others. His project wasn't approved back then, so after arriving at Baidu, he was convinced that China would get AVs onto public roads and into consumers' hands far quicker than the U.S. would due to the willingness of cities to retrofit their infrastructure to suit AVs. Text predictions, which Microsoft has tested in beta with Outlook and Word users since September last year, are slated for general release in March this year. This is a huge step for NLP and productivity. Office 365 is the canonical business software in use by over 1 million businesses with over 200 million monthly active users. Microsoft Bing also announced Speller 100, 
a zero-shot transformer-based spelling correction service that scales to over 100 languages thanks to carefully designed large-scale pre-training tasks. They found that users clicked on spelling suggestions, which are 15% of queries actually have spelling mistakes, more than 67% of the time. It is now well known in our State of AI report that big tech is absorbing huge numbers of talented professors and students in AI. New work came out by Nesta and Alberg University called The Privatization of AI Researchers, Causes and Potential Consequences. The report finds that the academia to industry transition of researchers is outpacing industry to academia. The former transition accounts for 25% of the transitions completed by top five universities, but only 10% for top 500 universities. In fact, Google and Microsoft are by far the most popular destinations, except for Princeton, which feeds into Siemens. Twitter ran an analyst day in which their CTO, Parag, described the company's use of machine learning. Of note, deep learning adoption has gone from 15% to 60% of all machine learning models over the last two years. A large fraction of the 3x MDAU growth in the last three years is driven by ML model improvements to content relevance. The company said that 50% of their rule enforcement against abuse or harm is done proactively, including through machine learning-based automation. Abuse reports are down 40% thanks to changes to the home timeline using machine learning modeling. Twitter is also announcing its investment in machine learning technology, as well as research including recommender systems, NLP, and graph machine learning. Section 2 research. Here's a selection of impactful work that caught my eye. Multitask Reinforcement Learning in Humans, written by Harvard and Max Planck. This paper designed experiments to test whether humans do multitask reinforcement learning, and if so, what is the most likely algorithm that they use? Their results suggest that humans in fact do learn a task by mapping previously learned policies onto novel scenarios. Models, Pixels, and Rewards evaluating design trade-offs in visual model-based reinforcement learning, written by Google Research. In the last two to three years, there's been a set of exciting papers on model-based reinforcement learning, in which an agent learns a model of its environment, called a world model, that it uses to both predict what the future scene looks like and the outcomes of potential actions. This paper shows that the predicting future images feature of these agents, despite being computationally and representationally costly, is key to the success of model-based reinforcement learning. In fact, Dreamer v2, the first world model-based reinforcement learning agent to achieve top-level performance on the Atari benchmark has also been published. First Return, Then Explore, a paper by Uber AI, now at OpenAI. Published in Nature, this paper investigates the problem that reinforcement learning agents have in dealing with sparse and deceitive award feedback. Introduce Go Explore, family of algorithms that make agents explicitly remember promising environment states and return to those states before intentionally exploring again. These agents solve all previously unsolved Atari games and set a new state of the art on all hard exploration games. A deep learning approach for characterizing major galaxy mergers, written by DeepMind and many collaborators. Galaxy formation and evolution is a key part of cosmology. A simplified theorem says the galaxy clusters and merge to accumulate mass. The way they do this influences their shape and size and structure. Doing empirical experiments to test these ideas, however, is impossible. So the field compares theorems to observations. But even so, observations of how merges affect galaxy morphology are elusive. To make strides in this direction, it's important to determine galaxy merger status from observations. This paper shows for the first time how deep learning can be used to predict the merger stage from a single image after learning from simulated merger events. Interpretable discovery of new semiconductors with machine learning. 
written by the University of Toronto. This paper describes an evolutionary algorithm-powered search that uses machine-learned surrogate models trained on high-throughput hybrid function density function theory data that is also benchmarked experimentally. They show how efficient search through material space can generate UV emission candidates with target properties that are validated empirically. Extraction of protein dynamics information from cryo-EM maps using deep learning, written by Kyoto at Riken. Cryo-EM is a powerful technique that is used to solve 3D protein structures by freezing proteins and shooting electrons at them to illuminate the source and visualizing the surface through a microscope. This process captures a protein in one particular 3D state, of which many actually exist. The process is just too expensive to keep repeating to generate lots of possible confirmations. So this paper uses deep learning to recreate this dynamic 3D profile from cryo-EM maps. I think this is super neat. Everyone wants to do the model work, not the data work. Data cascades and high-stakes AI, written by Google Research. More and more companies are expressing interest in data quality monitoring and remediation, not only in machine learning. This paper empirically examines data quality practices in domains where AI-generated mistakes are just not tolerated through interviews with 53 AI practitioners. They find that 92% of these practitioners encounter data cascades. Quote, the problem of compounding events causing negative downstream effects from data issues that result in technical debt accumulated over time. Uncovering unknown unknowns in machine learning, written by Google Research. This is a cool initiative that hopefully reflects how dataset creators have become aware that there is a gap between benchmarks and the real world that just needs fixing. The paper explains a new data challenge to crowdsource adverse test sets for machine learning. These are examples that are as confusing or otherwise problematic for models to process. The GEM benchmark, natural language generation, its evaluation and metrics, lots of collaborators. This paper introduces a new living benchmark for natural language generation in which models can be easily applied to a wide range of testing corpora and evaluation strategies. As such, it overcomes the issue with static benchmarks, which express performance as a single number and just aren't always clear what they represent. All of the model outputs on GEM will be open sourced to support evaluation research and integrating new metrics. Transformer in Transformer, Huawei and State Key Lab of CS. Transformers have come to computer vision. However, the typical approach is to model images as a sequence of patches, which ignores the intrinsic structure information inside each image patch. This paper demonstrates a way of modeling both image patch level and pixel level representations by stacking transformer in transformer blocks. They show some improvement on ImageNet. Calibrate before use, improving few shot performance of language models, written by Berkeley, Maryland, and UC Irvine. This paper shows GPT-3's few-shot learning capabilities are unstable, meaning that the prompt format, training examples, and even the order of the training examples can cause accuracy to vary from near chance to near state-of-the-art. The authors propose first estimating the model's bias for each new answer and then fit calibration parameters onto it. High-performance, large-scale image recognition without normalization, written by DeepMind. This paper designs an improved class of computer vision model, the ResNet, that is smaller and faster to train while achieving a new state-of-the-art top one accuracy on ImageNet. Of note, this new system does away with normalization layers that are currently a key component of most image classification systems. This means no more fiddling with batch size and a removal of computationally expensive primitive that introduces discrepancy between the behavior of the model during training and at inference time. Final paper is convolution-free medical image segmentation using transformers, written by Harvard Medical School. 
This paper is another in the trend of throwing away convolutions and replacing them with self-attention between neighboring image patches to achieve competitive or better segmentation results. Section three, resources. Papers with Code announced two new products, datasets and libraries. The first indexes over 3,000 research datasets for machine learning and lets you search by task and modality, compare usage over time, and browse benchmarks. The second lets you visualize architectures, compare results, and hyperparameters. A separate project called Papers with Video is a new Chrome plugin that checks whether an archive paper also appears as a video talk and gives you the link to watch it. It currently covers almost 4,000 papers today. AI in Longevity Medicine is a short commentary on how AI for drug discovery is making its way into decoding aging as well. Generating design systems using deep learning, a post from Tony at Wizard on their latest research-led product. Facebook released a new benchmark and model for continual learning in which a model applies knowledge from prior tasks to solve new ones rather than retraining from scratch every time. Apple released a paper detailing its on-device federated learning system. To me, the most obvious place in the stack for federated learning to make it in the prime time is the operating system. Google released Model Search, a platform that helps researchers develop the best machine learning models efficiently and automatically. Section four, startups. Funding highlight reel. Databricks, the analytics and AI tools platform company, just raised a $1 billion Series G led by Franklin Templeton at a $28 billion valuation. Joining the round were all the cloud providers, including Microsoft, Salesforce, Google, and Amazon. Databricks has passed $425 million in annual recurring revenue, growing 75% year-on-year. The company is one of the fastest to reach $100 million ARR after turning on monetization from its open source, and it's rapidly owning more real estate in the machine learning world with its popular MLflow product. I'm very keen to see how this performs in the public markets against Snowflake. It shouldn't be too long now. Didi's self-driving division raised a $300 million round led by IDG Capital after it raised $500 million to formally spin off in May 2020. Matillion, a UK-based ETL and data integration company, raised $100 million Series D led by Lightspeed. The business is 10 years old and saw a huge opportunity to pivot from building and maintaining data warehouses to specifically focusing on ETL, where it now leads alongside companies like Fivetran. Matillion has over 1,000 customers. OutSystems, the low-code application builder from Lisbon, raised a $150 million round led by Abdiel Capital and Tiger Global at a $9.5 billion valuation. The business, which started as a consulting company a decade or so ago, has cemented itself as the category-leading low-code platform. They also have an AI team that is mining all the anonymized application recipes generated by customers to learn the most optimal recipes to suggest out of the box, hence their inclusion here. Standard Cognition, the Amazon Go autonomous checkout company, raised $150 million Series C led by SoftBank Vision Fund 2 to open over 50,000 stores in the next five years. Locus Robotics, an autonomous warehouse robotics company, raised $150 million Series E led by Tiger Global. The company says that it has 4,000 robots deployed across 80 sites, of which 80% are in the US and 20% are in Europe. Watch this space for a potential SPAC following Berkshire Gray. Weights and Biases, a machine learning tooling provider focused on experiments raised a $45 million Series B led by Insight Partners. Weights and Biases counts over 70,000 users and 200 enterprises. The company was founded by the team behind Figurate, formerly known as Crowdflower, which kickstarted the data automation tooling industry. Lucas, its CEO, wrote a blog post back in 2019 about his decision to start a new machine learning ops company after Crowdflower. He said, quote, 10 years ago, training data was the biggest problem holding back real-world machine learning. 
Today, the biggest pain is a lack of basic software and best practices to manage a completely new style of coding, end of quote. Recognite, a custom ASIC built for real-time object recognition by AVs, raised a $49 billion Series B by Mayfield Fund. ELSA, the English language speech assistant, an app that uses speech recognition to correct pronunciation and teach a new language, raised a $15 million Series B led by VI Group and SIG. The company focuses on Southeast Asia and will grow into Latin America. It counts over 13 million users. UIC, a Chinese AV company focused on robo-taxis and buses in and around transport hubs, raised $150 million from the National Manufacturing Transformation and Upgrade Fund, a $21 billion state-backed fund in China. Quantifind, which automates financial crime risk investigations, raised a $22 million round from InQtel, S&P Global, and Snowflake Ventures. Rescale, a hybrid cloud HPC automation company, raised a $50 million Series C. Monte Carlo, the data observability company, raised a $25 million Series B led by GGV and Redpoint just a few months after announcing its $50 million Series A. This is a huge acceleration for such a nascent field with many competitors. Deepgram, which builds speech recognition software, raised a $25 million Series A led by Tiger Global. Otter AI, a call transcription service, raised a $50 million Series B led by Spectrum Equity. Celerity, a generative biology company set up by Flagship Pioneering, raised a $123 million Series B led by BlackRock. Big Hat Biosciences, the AI first therapeutic antibody engineering company, raised a $19 million Series A led by Andreessen Horowitz. Reverie Labs, an AI-first small molecule discovery company, raised a $25 million Series A led by Ridgeback Capital. Labelbox, the AI trading creation and management company, raised a $50 million Series C led by B Capital Group. Rhino Health, which uses federated learning to connect hospitals and AI developers, raised a $5 million seed led by Lionbird Ventures. Census, a data integration solution that takes models and insights from the data warehouse and validates and deploys them for downstream use, raised a $16 million round led by Sequoia and Andreessen Horowitz. OZ, an AI-powered immune monitoring platform, raised a $6 million seed led by Madrona. Exits. Berkshire Gray, a leading robotics for warehouse operations company, announced that it's going public via SPAC at a $2.2 billion valuation. This is a neat business founded by robotics veterans from iRobot with the challenges of Carter Robotics, Amazon Robotics, and Six River Systems, acquired by Shopify, as a pure play hardware and software company. Datafleets, a federated learning company, was acquired by data connectivity platform LiveRamp for $68 million. This marks one of the first acquisitions in privacy-preserving data sharing technology. What's notable here is that Datafleets originally set out to tackle healthcare data, not marketing, advertising, or finance data which LiveRamp sells to. Perhaps this indicates that healthcare is actually not ripe for privacy-preserving methods just yet. AI is another LiDAR startup to agree a SPAC that values the business at $1.9 billion. It forecasts $4 million of revenue this year and $617 million in 2026 with a 55% EBITDA margin. Quite a ramp. Ours Technology, makers of a LiDAR on chip solution, was itself acquired by Aurora. This wraps up the February 2021 audio edition of Your Guide to AI. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with your friends. I'm Nathan Benej, General Partner of Airstreet Capital, a venture capital firm investing in AI-first technology and life science companies from day one. Thanks for listening and see you next month.